Hey y'all, this is Culture Soup, where tech, culture, and business collide. It's a podcast that spoons up everything hot from social media. I'm your host, L. Michelle Smith, and each episode, we bring you some of the most notable and not yet notable thought leaders in tech, business, and culture. I have traveled all over the nation speaking, um, supporting clients, all of that good stuff. And I meet a lot of different people. And I've noticed that sometimes when you meet other women, they're not that friendly, whether they're corporate type or otherwise. They kind of give you the down up down, case you, and then might give you a smile. Many times they might not. When I met our next guest, it was quite the opposite. I was told that she was one of the few top female DJs out there. And in her line of work, I really didn't expect her to be so open and accommodating and just pleasant. But everyone isn't DJ Naina Drake. Now that night, I was in charge of pulling together an event for one of my highest ranking clients at the company. And we were at the Black Enterprise Women of Power Summit. If you know anything about that, it can be quite an event. You'll learn more about our first encounter and how we became friends fairly quickly, which is a little bit different for women, ladies, you know what I'm talking about. Isn't it refreshing to meet someone that's pleasant and welcoming and automatically your sister? So I want you to meet her too. Everyone, meet DJ Naina Drake. Everyone, I am so excited to have DJ Naina Drake. Most of you may know her as a DJ, but there is so much more to Miss Naina. And today on The Culture Soup, we are going to talk about some of that. Hey, Naina. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, Naina, we always start off with a Culture Soup moment, okay? So um, everybody knows the premise. I say that social media is Culture Soup. And so we're going to pull an emoji or trending hashtag or a topic that's popular on social media to start our conversation. Fun. Okay, okay. good. So, you know what? When I read your bio and when I met you, you know, and we'll talk about how we met, <laughs> the emoji that I thought about was the dancing woman in the red dress. Yeah. And not so much that she's that fun. It's because when I use it and when I see it used, it's when women are trying to say, you go girl, and they're showing empowerment, and they're showing encouragement, and all of that good stuff. So, what do you think about when you see the dancing woman? I think that's absolutely appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm happy that when you see that, that I come to mind. That's actually one of my favorite emojis, actually. Um, I use it a lot just because I'm I'm happy most of the time, like 95, 98% of the time, I'm happy, happy, and 
that's the type of spirit and energy I like to spread with people, especially when they first meet me or when they hear about me and things like that. So I'm glad that 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 was the energy that I, you know, spread upon you when I first met you. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, and I have to tell our listeners how we met. So I was in, gosh, where were we? We were at the Black Enterprise. Orlando. Orlando. Women Mm -hmm. of Power Summit. And I was there with um, my brand. Everybody knows I work for AT&T, so it's not a big secret. But we were there, and we were doing a conversation with Shaka Pilgrim from Sean Sean Carter Enterprises. And um, we had a fireside chat, and then afterwards we had a party. So my team from Flowers Communications Group recommended you to do the party. And I have to tell y'all, she's not just a DJ. She is just a sprite. She connected with me immediately, not just because I was a client, but she was friendly and she wanted to make sure that those ladies had a good time that night. And we connected. I'm not even sure how we exchanged emails. It may have been because we were uh, sharing pictures and Mm -hmm. videos from the event. Yeah. And we stayed in touch. And I just thought, you know what? That is so counter to what sometimes the spirit can be when you meet Mm -hmm. new women. You know how we can be sometimes not so positive, Yeah. but you were the exact opposite. And I just thought that was awesome. And if we've stayed in touch, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, no, it was, that was a night to remember for so many reasons. Um, You guys put on an amazing event and I'm so glad that you guys called me to do it because I felt like it was very in line with my brand and, you know, the type of vibe and energy that I you know, like to share with people, especially with the summit itself, like the, that black enterprise summit, I'd never been to before. And so it was my first time being, I know the summit's about like 15 years old. And for me to come there and that to be the reason why I came was even greater, you know, and Shaka is just everything. She's everything. She's the sweetest person ever, but she's also like a boss in the business. And so to be on the same event with her you know, was a pleasure and an honor. And I know we both have done a lot of work in the business, but Mm -hmm. I always like to, you know, give props to other women in the business that are doing their thing and you killed it hosting. Like it was just, it was such a good night. Like I still look at the videos and I'm like, we kicked it. I know it was (laughs) great. And those sisters, I tell you, those corporate sisters would not sit down. They, they had wanted to kick to us dance. out. Yes. They had to kick they us out. Like, the night all did night. not <laughs> even at times it was supposed to. They basically kicked us out. They turned the lights off on us. And you guys have no idea the stress. I was having some technical difficulties. Oh, yeah? Um, we and wouldn't have known. No one knew. <laughs> well, see, that's the yeah. sign of a true professional. <laughs> yes. Oh, I didn't, I didn't let anyone. I didn't let anyone know. I definitely kept it as... Um, as happy and with the dancing emoji as possible. (laughs) Yes, there you go. You know, as a DJ, I encounter a lot of challenges, technically, Mm -hmm. why, you know, in doing what I do, because what I do is very technical. There's one aspect of it is all creative, and the other side is all, it's like all technical, it's like 50-50. And so, to me, um, when I show up and, you know, the things are, I'm having issues with equipment or things like that, usually it's very little things that can be tweaked and adjusted in a matter of like 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. But um, you guys have no idea that I literally was, <laughs> my first like hour and a half to two hours. Really? Uh, was that really, long? But y'all had no idea. None. 
Oh man, all we were doing was partying, and it was yeah. great. You were just up there smiling, like, "Yeah, y'all get it." <laughs> no one awesome. knew. Honey. No one knew. Um, <laughs> but it was it was great. I had a blast with you guys, and I'm so glad. Um, I connected with a lot of great women that you know at that event that day. Um, and the couple days I was there and then, you know, to continue to keep the conversation going, I actually just was at the black enterprise tech connect summit That's a good and one. followed up like a lot of the same women that were at the first, uh, black enterprise event, they were there too. And okay. so it was, just, it was just good to see a lot of familiar faces again. So awesome. So let's talk about this hat that you wear that actually takes your DJing into marketing with a lot of different brands, big ones too. Yeah. I saw you at Essence with McDonald's, yeah. isn't that right? Yes, mm -hmm. yes. I've done Essence Fest for probably nine years now, eight or nine years. And um, it's a great festival, just mm -hmm. overall. It's a really, really good festival. Um, but to work with uh, Verizon, which is one of my really big clients mm -hmm. as well, um, and McDonald's and other brands that want to work with me, like Coca-Cola, whomever, you know, they're the lead sponsors for that, that festival. And for them to reach out to me and, you know, have me as their main official DJ for events is just, it's a blessing. I'm yeah. very thankful to all the teams, all the marketing agencies and the, you know, ad agencies that team up with the brands to bring me in and execute the whole like activation is a is a is a really really cool experience and right. i've been doing it for a long time and i love it every year just as much um this year was amazing uh it was it was really really fun so i, I have a good time at, at that festival every year so there's an insight here that i feel like some of these big brands have finally gotten to and it's not just insert dj play hip-hop you know sell products what yeah. is it it's a little bit deeper than that it gets to culture right Absolutely. I mean, they understand. Um, and the thing is, is my relationship with a lot of the brands that I've been working with is a long, I've been working with them, most of them for almost 10 years. Mm -hmm. Right. And so this leads into the people who are in house at these companies who work in the marketing departments, who work in the, you know, community affairs or services departments mm -hmm. or whatever those departments are, um, that see the need that see the importance and they seek out people who have polished brands, mm -hmm. such as me. I consider myself having a polished brand to be able to work with companies at, as big as McDonald's or Nike. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't just, they're not going to just hire someone to play music. Right. Like they want someone who is going to be a reflection of what their, you know, clientele is as well. And so, um, I give credit, a lot of credit to the people that are inside of these companies that, that have that passion, that vision, and are making change from the inside because that's not easy to do, sure. you know? Absolutely. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, when we go into the boardrooms, I was telling a group of students just yesterday, um, you know, we can't just go in there and say, oh, we got this feeling, I have this idea, I have this gut, yeah. you know, reaction. <laughs> no, you have to show the data and sometimes we end up going to Nielsen and some of these other third-party research companies to find the data that says, you know what? We need to be reaching black women. And yeah. this is how we need to do it. We need to show up at this event. And you know what? We need to go all out. The speakers need to be women. The DJ needs to be a woman. You know, everything. Yeah. So, yes, absolutely. To be able to pull out of... Um, a pool of individuals and know that once you call DJ Naina Drake, you're going to get someone who was polished and actually knows how to work on the back end, you mm -hmm. know, with the people 
in a professional manner and then present yourself in a professional manner too, even though, yeah. you know, you're out there to have fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to me, I, I always make this joke when people take pictures of me that I'm, I'm literally always either like, it's one, it's one of two expressions. Mm -hmm. I'm either intensely smiling. And I say this thing, I smile so hard that I can't see because my <laughs> eyes are closed. I'm I'm so happy. That's one expression. The mm -hmm. other one is like a straight face, like serious expression, mm -hmm. because I take my work very seriously. And I mm -hmm. think, you know, um, while DJing has become like very trendy for a lot of people in the past couple years and, you know, people have gotten into the business for the wrong reasons, I say. Mm -hmm. um, and I've spoken on this before in other interviews is that, you know, I, I started DJing because of my love of music. I can't live without music. And DJing, I, I say God made me a DJ. I didn't pick this as a career right. because I didn't even think it was possible as a mm -hmm. career, right? And so for me, it's very important to protect the, the craft of what I do um, and to share it from a very genuine place. Like right. I do it because I love music and I want to share the message of the music with the masses. Mm -hmm. And DJing is one way, the, the main way that I do that. I was a kid that used to like walk around with a Walkman or, you know, like a little radio and like share music with people in the neighborhood. But DJing just gave me that on a massive level. And right. it was just, it's just a blessing to be able to do that. But, you know, I definitely feel like from my passion and the reasons and my intention as to why I do it is why I get to meet people like you and others that you know, are just great people and that great vibes. And, you know, you exchange that energy and you continue to grow those relationships right. and work with great brands and continue to work with other great brands. And, you know, it's just, it's just a beautiful thing. I'm very right. happy, thankful, and blessed. That's awesome. You know, um, I picked up how serious you are about your craft, not just in working with you that one night, but even just following you on social. There was a repost where you used a certain technique. You called it blending. And I can oh. tell just from the look on your face, you were taking it seriously. And you kind of told people in the comments, now look. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If that you was, pick up on this, um, you get yeah, credit. Yeah, that was Lil Wayne's um, birthday party. Mm -hmm. I ended up um, doing his, he did a private dinner here in Los Angeles in addition to a private birthday party, which turned into his release party because mm -hmm. we were actually supposed to be announcing the release at midnight at the party, but he... You know, he changed plans. <laughs> he, he released the, uh, the project beforehand, but it was, you know, a, a combination of those two. And I didn't know that I was being recorded at that time, in that moment. Mm -hmm. Like, I was just, you know, I was just taking pictures and stopping in between. Mm -hmm. But um, when I did that and I saw that that was um, a blend that I did, I know a lot of DJs don't blend. They right. don't, they just, like, cut it and they don't care um, you know, and like I said, I take it very, very seriously. Like I don't play games with this. And when I posted it, I did tell people, I know y'all don't blend. Right. So if you do this, <laughs> if you take this, give me credit because absolutely you, you saw me do it. So, mm -hmm. you know, give me credit where credit is due. And I think that's just out of, you know, absolutely. respect. Anyway. And how long have you been DJing? I started when I was 12, 13 oh, wow. yeah, on the East coast. I, um, I went to a school um, called an ABC house in uh, Topsville, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's a program. The ABC houses are only like on the East Coast. And they actually are programs where they take inner city youth and they put them in a really good school system, usually out in the boonies. Mm -hmm. And 
the, and my aunt and uncle were running a house. They were running an ABC. They were like the administrators and the directors um, of a house in Massachusetts. And so my mom sent my brother and I out there to go to school. And it, they were managing like 10 guys from New York and New Jersey. And we were, you know, we lived in the main house, obviously, because that was my family. But I was a straight A student in Chicago. Awesome. <laughs> and when I got there, they were like, you're a straight B student. Because oh. <laughs> oh. because our level of um, our grading scale is a lot higher and more intense and just more difficult. And so it was a little dose of reality for me. But, you know, to break the stress of school at that time, um, we would throw our own house parties because we were the minorities. Mm-hmm. It was like cousins, it was like my two cousins and then my brother and I and then the 10 guys from New York and New Jersey. Right. And so we had to, you know, go to the parties that the other kids at the, it was a junior high and a high school together. So, cause it was like a small, like it was a pretty large community, but everybody in that rural area went to the same school. Mm-hmm. And so um, we would try to like, you know, socialize and go to their parties and stuff like that. And we just could never fit in. Mm-hmm. You know, we were in the youth that, um, that had a different way of talking. We had a different way of dressing and a different way of, you know, relaxing and, and enjoying social time. Right. And so we ended up starting to throw our own house parties mm-hmm. and I would make mixtapes and, <laughs> and I would DJ our house parties. And I so, that is how I started DJing. And, you know, that, that in that time when I was doing that, I was 12, 13 years old. So I didn't have like, I don't have turntables or anything like that, but I would make these mixtapes and that's what I would use to DJ the parties. Mm-hmm. And so I learned in that time, you know, how regional music is mm-hmm. because like, you know, some things are hot on the West coast mm-hmm. at different times on the east coast and vice versa right Mm -hmm. there's regions to how music moves throughout the world Mm -hmm. and i was a girl from chicago Mm -hmm. and you know chicago's really big on house music Mm -hmm. and so that was what a lot of what was playing in the mixes that i was making gotcha i get to the house party and i play that and the guys would be like what What is is that (laughs) in new york and jersey um, reggae and old school hip hop was really, really popular. Mm-hmm. Right. And so while I thought what was popping in Chicago was going to pop at the parties when I went back, you know, to school that it, it wasn't the case. And so that, that taught me really early on the importance of how regional music is and how important it is to play to your crowd. It's not just about what I think is great music mm-hmm. as a DJ. I'm, you know, y'all got to listen to everything that I want to hear, <laughs> you know, right. like some, some play like that. But you have to play, know the room, read the mm-hmm. room, and give it a give it a nice variety um, of what you use to enlighten people. Like I don't, I'm not just gonna play what's on the radio because you could technically go just listen to the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna give you things that you haven't heard in a long time. I'm gonna play things that you've never heard before, and you come up to me afterwards and you're like, "What's that song?" Yeah. You know, and so. I, I like to I like to enlighten people and make it a full on experience when I DJ. So somewhere in there, you ended up working at television stations as producer in entertainment and also news? Yes. So uh, while I started in music at the age of 12, 13, I started in television at the age of 15, 16. Wow. And 
Um, it was through a program called the Emma Bowen Foundation uh, for Minority Interest in Media, but it's just Emma Bowen Foundation to keep, make it more simple. And um, the foundation basically was this amazing opportunity. It was scholarship based. So I was a nerd. I, I'm still a nerd to this day. Me too. I am proud, right? <laughs> You know, I'm always learning, researching, you know, trying to get more information. And so um, I was applying for colleges when I was a junior mm -hmm. or a sophomore. I'm sorry. I was taking college classes when I was in high school mm -hmm. um, as a sophomore because I knew that I wasn't going to have a way to go to college if I hadn't if I didn't figure it out. Right. My mm -hmm. mom was a single parent at the time and we didn't have money. And so. I was applying for scholarships. I was trying to take gen eds at colleges, at community colleges, so I could like save money mm -hmm. because you know, gen eds at a regular university are just massively expensive. So I was taking classes. I was applying for scholarships as early as I could, like even earlier than they would even allow me to. A lot of people were like, oh, you're a little too early. <laughs> so this was a program. I remember I was sitting in, in class and I was always in the college room. I don't, I know some high schools have that. And I heard them make this announcement about this program. And I go into the college room, I apply for it. It was a very stressful process. Like there was, you know, all letters of recommendation I had to mm -hmm. give. There were multiple people I had to interview with. Um, and the program was basically where I was obligated to work um, at one TV station, which was Fox in Chicago. If I was granted the opportunity, which I was obligated to work there, um, from the time I was in high school all the way through college. Oh, wow. Right? So, so it was it was a long-term work-study program versus what a traditional internship program is uh, defined as now where you go in for like a semester or so like a short-term situation. Right. So it was a lot longer of a, a relationship and a commitment. And the beauty of it at that time, now the program's structured a little different now, mm -hmm. but um, at the time it was amazingly like unreal great because I was working in every different department throughout my time there. I was there for a total of 10 years and I worked in just about every single department at the TV station. So I learned how the entire TV station ran with, you know, interconnecting between the different departments, mm -hmm. what people's jobs were, what they actually did, how they did them. Um, I got hands-on experience and I got paid, right? Nice got paid regular on a regular two week schedule like everyone else. But in addition to that, I got paid the matching funds of my big breaks, like my summer break. Um, if I made a certain dollar amount between these specific dates, they would match that and send that to my school when I went back. Okay. So it, it was the most, it changed my life. <laughs> um, yeah, well, there was a lot of things I applied for, but that, you know, and I got a lot of different scholarships, but that was the, very most important long-term relationship of, you know, that I had to start my career off in television. I was reading a list of all the people that you've interviewed. One of them was former President Barack Obama. Tell me about that. Well, when he was in Chicago, before he was president, um, he was in Chicago, everyone knows that. And um, I was a producer. So my, for, for the listeners to give them a, a sense of how my career, you know, evolved over that 10 years while I was at Fox, um, they hired me, I was a work study student. So I basically got paid and worked is mm -hmm. similar to an internship, but a little better. Um, and then they hired me as a production assistant to work on different shows. From there, I got hired as a field producer. 
and then producers in different levels, associate producer, um, you know, special projects, different specific roles that I had in my career there. Um, and while I was a field producer, what field producers do is they basically do all the work in the field that the reporter doesn't do. <laughs> I used to do that. Yeah. I did like, that for the CBS turned Fox affiliate in Dallas, Fort Worth. So yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, it, it is all the work that no one else does mm -hmm. and you do and no one knows that you did the work. Right. And so you're always in the field, you're at press conferences, you're at, you know, fires, you're at, you know, different things. Like you're doing mm -hmm. interviews with a lot of different people. And I interviewed him multiple times uh, during his time before he became president um, in Chicago and therefore after. And then I was in Chicago when he uh, was elected. Uh, for the main, you know, ceremony and such. Right. So, That's um, awesome. yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been a beautiful journey and I've met some amazing people. I've done some amazing things and, you know, I still work in television. I've done a lot of different work since then on a freelance basis. I went in house. I was at revolt as a senior producer there for, uh, about a little over a year, actually. Um, out here in Los Angeles. And then when I left there, I immediately started working at CBS uh, for Entertainment Tonight. I was a senior supervising producer there. Wow. And I'm their entire digital team that created all the content for their digital platform. So the ET Online website, their main property, in addition to the relationships that they had with um, the YouTube contract, Facebook, and things like that. So I was in charge of development and managing the producers, editors, videographers for that entire digital team so gotcha. um, yeah so are you DJing full-time right now or do you just kind of float in and out of TV or how does that work well I will I'm, I'm happy to say that in um, October of last year I left entertainment tonight wrapped that up um, and I left I leave every job I move I, I call it an elevation I don't I don't quit or anything like it's never sure. bad for me it's always it's always like the next level of elevation. And so I elevated uh, from that position to now being a director at the Emma Bowen Foundation. Oh, wow. See, I saw that in your <laughs> bio, but I was going to let you do that big reveal. Yeah. That's good. So, so give me circle. back. That's awesome. Full circle. Yeah, yeah. So my, my job um, now with the foundation as a director, I'm a director there with a specific branch of the foundation. Mm -hmm. Uh, called the AMP Network, and AMP stands for Alumni Media Professionals at, at this time. But we can we just hyphenated like AMP Network, and it basically is a community of amazing professionals of color around the country that work in media, entertainment, and technology. And um, I help connect the dots with them between each other, between employers. I help get people jobs. Wow. I help get them ready to get the job. I get their LinkedIn together. I do like different workshops. Um, different career development things for them. Um, I go to conferences and, you know, share the message about the foundation because it's so amazing and how it changed my life and also how I'm, it's like full circle for me that I'm back now helping the next it. generation of, you know, creators. So That is so uh, awesome. Diana, I'm, I'm, you are doing it, girl. <laughs> That is so awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I just don't think many people may have known about your day job. Yeah, I mean, well, to me, it's I don't consider it a day job. I consider what I do a variety of, of things within my purpose, right? So 
for example, my days are never the same. <laughs> I know people are like, what's a typical day for you? There is no, no typical day. I'm on emails all the time, um, but I could be at a conference. I could be at home working from my home office. I could be at my office. I do have an office out here in Los Angeles. At, I'm back at CBS, which is so funny. Um, <laughs> because CBS is one of our partners yes. at the foundation. Okay. So I'm literally back at the same lot that I was wow. a couple months ago. Um, but, um, and then like this weekend, I know, I'm not sure when people are going to be listening to this. I'm doing, um, a private event, a very amazing women empowerment brunch with Nike and the LeBron James release. So, um, that's a good one. (laughs) Yeah, it's a really good one. And I have some other stuff coming up that I can't talk about. Um, but, um, but like, I, they, they are in the same to me. I give quality time to them both um, as far as DJing and then as far as, you know, the work I do with the foundation. Like, it's not considered a full-time role, um, you know, but I am a, a director in a consultant position with them. And so, you know, this is my gift and how I'm sharing it at this time in my life. And, you know, if God positions me in a different way, I'm here for it. So, you know. I love just, it. I, <laughs> That's so awesome, Naina. Now tell everybody how they can stay in contact with you. You want to tell them your social handles? Yes, my social uh, on Instagram and Twitter is just at Naina Drake. It's N-I-E-N-A Drake, like the rapper, but that's my real name. Yarkey, um, <laughs> uh, and then my Facebook is DJ Naina Drake, and then my website my website is just NainaDrake.com. But please link, uh, like, connect with me on LinkedIn because I'm I love LinkedIn. I think it's a great platform, and especially for business, it's like I love it too. Um, you know, like search my name on LinkedIn and send me a request that you listen to the podcast and, you know, you want to, you know, build and I'm, I'm here for it. But I definitely encourage everyone in the professional world, whether you are uh, in-house at a corporate company or you are freelance and independent, you should be on LinkedIn and in a very polished way. Like, you know, um, and so I do LinkedIn workshops on how to be a LinkedIn ninja because I can say and then just awesome. We <laughs> but, gotta um, connect now, you because I don't think we're connected there. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I'm writing my book, so everyone, oh, stay tuned. Yes, I am writing my book because I, I, I didn't realize it early on, but I think now I realize how special and unique my journey and my career has been. Yes. And while some people are taught very young that or early in their career that they have to pick one, mm-hmm. you know. You have to do this one thing and just focus. I do believe in the power of focusing and not over multitasking. But I think that if God gives you the time management and discipline and focus and skill to be able to do multiple things, it's okay. You know, and I don't want people to feel like they're in a box. And I think sometimes we're taught and told that, but I've done it successfully and I continue to do it successfully. It wasn't, you know, like I did work in television for 10 years and I've been in music and entrepreneur for 10 years. And now at this phase of my life, I'm combining them both. Yeah. Um, But I think that if you, are have all those qualities I just mentioned you can absolutely do it and so I'm, I'm gonna share that journey in my book and and even more so. I love that so everybody keep your eyeballs out for Naina Drake's book that'll yes. come out soon I probably I don't know what the time frame is but just be watching okay yeah <laughs> yes. it yes. has been wonderful Naina I consider you one of my sisters 
And I hope to work with you again soon. And hopefully you'll be back to talk about that book when it drops. Yes. Oh, I absolutely will. I will be back. Awesome. Everybody, DJ Naina Drake and producer and director of the, what's the name of the foundation again? Emma Vaughn Foundation. Yes. And what's the website for that? Do you have it? It's Emma Vaughn. If they just uh, search Emma Vaughn Foundation, they'll be able to see some of the work we've done, but they can go to our website at emmavaughnfoundation.com. Um, Yes, and an Emmy Award-winning producer. We don't want to forget that. I, didn't, I used to didn't give myself credit for that, but... You should. So, yes, I am not just a producer. I'm an Emmy Award-winning producer. All yes. day. Good job. I really appreciated this conversation, Aina. What an amazing story DJ Naina Drake had to share with us. I enjoyed it. My little girl, Joni, heard it and said, what a sweet story. It was awesome the way she was able to circle back and help kids just the way she was able to be helped. Now, coming up, you don't want to miss next Thursday, Lauren Mylon, the woman I call Boss Lady. Yeah, we have a lineup of women who are killing it. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Culture Soup and go online at www.theculturesoup.com. We have a giveaway that's going on, but here's the thing. It's with the Queen of Soul's favorite soprano, Audrey Dubois Harris. She just finished up her wonderful Christmas project, and she's giving away one signed physical copy of her CD to someone who is a Culture Soup listener who is signed up for our newsletter. So go to theculturesoup.com. Make sure that you sign up for the newsletter. We're going to give one away to the 100th person to sign up for the newsletter. We will announce the winner on Christmas Day during a bonus episode with Audrey. So you'll want to tune in. All right, y'all. Talk to you next week. The Culture Soup Podcast is a production of No Silos Communications.